you're listening to Crud Talk, a ministry of Fifty Shades of Grace. Everybody's got a story. I'm guessing like me, you've been hurt before. But what if I told you there was more to this life than being stuck in the hurt and sin of your past? Hey, we all have crud, but it's how we deal with it that makes all the difference. Today's episode is brought to you by a generous sponsor like you. We thank you for your gift, which allows us to share hope and continue to help people to deal with the crud in their lives. So thank you. We really appreciate it. Welcome, everybody, to Crud Talk. I'm Sonia Bruner. It's been a while since I've been with you, so I'm so thankful for you tuning in today. So I have been on a crazy wild tour, kind of my first um, back-to-back-to-back events, and it has been nothing short of miraculous. I'm going to be sharing about that in the weeks to come, but just phenomenal, just miraculous what I saw God do, what I learned about myself, and if there was ever a moment in time that I knew that I was created for such a time as this, it's now. Um, the people that I was able to meet and talk to has just been overwhelming, to be honest with you. And again, so many people are dealing with crud. So many people have not dealt with their crud. And so my mission is in my heart is stronger than ever. Um, so anyway, thank you for all of you that were praying and all of you that contributed and helped and had me come in um, to speak and all, all the different ways that God is using his people to get his word out, right? So today, I have a really exciting story to share with you guys. Um, I got this message from a gal that came to one of my events recently, um, and I'm going to go ahead and read this to you, and then we're going we're gonna to jump right in. Sonia, I heard you speak in Ardmore. I wanted you to know that I have struggled with forgiveness most of my life. My father sexually abused me starting at the age of 12, and it went on till I was about 16. I was too ashamed to tell anyone because I believed everything he said that I was messed up enough to deserve it. I kept the secret and a year and a half ago, I was raped by a man I thought loved me and it all came flooding back. I've tried everything to numb myself. Nothing has worked. I tried to swallow a bunch of pills and somehow I survived. A girl I work with invited me to the women's event and I couldn't believe your story. I can relate to most of it. I wasn't sold for sex, but I could feel exactly what you meant when you said you wanted to disappear. I did too. When you said you have to forgive, and that includes ourselves, I started to cry. I don't think I've ever thought about it like that. I haven't forgiven myself for allowing it to happen and not be able to do anything, and also for keeping the secret. I carried around a lot of guilt and shame and anger too. When you talked about the dog in a cage, I said, that's me. That is totally me. I have not been able to trust God because he allowed it to happen. I never heard anyone say they got mad at God before. I am telling you the truth. Something changed in me. I prayed with you and I believe that I am forgiven. I also believe that I have forgiven my dad. I know that I have more work to do, but I feel different, lighter, stronger even. I feel like I can breathe for the first time since it all happened. My question is, Is it okay with God if I still get mad and hurt at what my dad did to me sometimes? Or does God say I have to forget that part? Thank you for your bravery and for telling your secret so I could tell mine. Oh, I love that. 
I will never forget you and your story and what God did for me on that day. Thank you. And all God's people said, amen. Ah, <clears throat> the Bible is 100% clear that we must forgive others. We all get that, right? In Matthew 6, verses 14 through 15, it says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. I think it's absolutely okay with God any emotion that we have. He's the creator of our bodies, our brains, even our emotions. He made all that. Emotions really do get a bad rap. They are created by God. Saying that God would be angry with us for having a memory or not being able to forget a past hurt or how we feel about something that maybe hurt us, it's crazy, right? The key is to bring it to God. In other words, we can't leave him out of the experience. I've shared this so many times, but I have moments all along throughout my ministry, every day almost, that I remember the pain and all that was done to me, right? It's okay. And it's even human to cry and to get angry and to feel the hurt. It's what I do with that moment that makes all the difference. It's like this. Something triggers a memory and I remember something that happened in detail. That happens a lot. I have emotions that come up because of that memory. I never know what will cause the memory or when it's gonna happen or when or how. Some memories are not as hard to remember. Others are excruciating. As I'm feeling those emotions, I have to remember that it's, well, I have to remember what is true. Let me say it that way in that exact moment. Number one, I'm not alone. Before I had Jesus, I felt 100% alone. Now I have a savior, a king, an advocate, a protector who loves me no matter what. He sees me exactly how I am and loves me. He is there to walk with me through the emotions and the memories. I am not alone. Number two, I remember what God has already done, how he's changed my life and my heart and my mind. I remember all that he's done and I thank him for it. I remember his faithfulness, his mercy, his forgiveness, his love. Number three, I allow Jesus in that I trust Jesus to rip off the duct tape. What do I mean? When a memory comes up and I have strong emotional reactions to it, there's always something that God wants to reveal to me. There's something in it, in the pain, in the memory, and my reaction to it that God wants to show me. Maybe I need to surrender something over to the Lord. Maybe I need to forgive another part. Maybe I didn't realize I was still holding on to something. Whatever it is, Jesus has always been faithful to reveal it at exactly the right moment so that I don't stay stuck in the crud. There's been moments where Jesus ripped the duct tape off and I'm like, Lord, <laughs> we've already dealt with that but he reveals something I've never seen before. That is what only a God who truly loves you can do. He could leave us stuck in the pain, like stuck in the funk, right? But Jesus loves us enough to not leave us where we are. He has more for us, freedom, peace, life. I need to have the courage, the faith to trust Jesus no matter what and to do what he tells me to do. 
It's having the faith and the courage to ask Jesus if there's anything in my life or in this situation that I haven't dealt with and lay it at his feet. It's making the commitment to say, I will do that and I'll keep doing that until I no longer am bound to the emotions that I feel regarding it. In other words, let Jesus clean it out by you getting real and telling the truth about what's going on inside of you. Number four, deal with your crud. I think we've heard that a little bit before. Deal with your crud. When Jesus rips the duct tape off and reveals something that we need to change or maybe we need to remove or start doing, we must be willing to deal with our crud. Crud is the leftover emotions from when another human being hurts us. Crud that isn't dealt with can become sin acted out in our lives. Don't be afraid to deal with the crud. Listen, Jesus knows all of our garbage. Literally, I say this every time I'm out speaking. If you can't tell God the real truth, the garbage in your life, who can you tell? He already knows it all anyway. He made you. He knows everything about you. All of our thoughts, our emotions, everything. He can take it. He's a big God and he can take it. If you need outside help, get it. Having somewhere to unpack the hurt and the pain is critical in dealing with crud so you can move forward. Let me let me jump in right here. Quick note, how do we deal with our crud? Let's just review that too. Number one, we tell the truth. You can't change what you won't acknowledge. Telling the truth, sharing your heart, saying it out loud cracks open the door so light can get into those dark places. That begins with being honest with ourselves, with others, and with God. Then we lay it down or we let it go. This is a hard one, y'all. Letting go requires a choice to take our hands off of it. It's in the release that we choose a different way for ourselves. That hold is no longer connected to us because we've made the choice to lay it down. We choose it. That's where the power is. And then, of course, the last step is forgive. Forgiveness means this is really, oh my goodness. I, 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 let, me, let me say right here, of all the places I've traveled, this is the one that seems to be the most difficult, the thing that trips us up. It's been this way for the last 25 years I've been doing this ministry. It is the thing that trips us up, our refusing to forgive or struggling with forgiveness, okay? So let's just review, because I've said this before, but I feel like there's someone listening that really, really needs to hear this. Forgiveness means that you look at the pain. Really look at it. That's hard, right? Because we don't want to look at it or feel it or even think about it again but there is no moving forward without that part. We look at the pain of what happened and what they did to us. And then when we're ready, we release them from the debt that we think they owe us. In Matthew 6, verse 12, I love it. It says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I feel like I want to break out in song. Number five, as much as humanly possible, I choose to forget. Let me explain. In that I do not allow myself to focus on the negative, toxic, harmful thoughts or memories. We're talking about, is God okay with us not being able to forget? Okay. 
We're talking about what that looks like in light of forgiveness. Do we really forgive if we don't forget? That's what we're talking about here. I choose to change my focus, right? Instead, I take all my thoughts captive and give them to Jesus so that he can help me work through the emotions I'm feeling and to make sure what's really true and what is not. I choose to remember what Jesus says about me and what he's already done, right? We talked about that earlier, but I choose that. It's changing the narrative. If you mean, do I forget as in, I'm not gonna allow that to keep power and hold over me and I move forward in faith with Jesus? Absolutely, I forget. I I strongly um, encourage people to forget if that's what we're talking about, forget. But what I'm not saying is, I'm not saying that this fo- changing my focus or forgetting means that the sin never happened or I'm even pretending that it didn't. I am not saying that at all. What I'm saying is forgiveness is different than trust. If I forgive the man who raped me, that means that I no longer hold what he did to me against me. In other words, I've released him from the debt that I think he owes me. But out of caution, I'm not going to sit down alone with him at dinner as if he's a trustworthy, nonviolent person. But there are also several verses that talk about caution. Like in Matthew 10, verse 16, it says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. What he's saying is when we stay in a relationship or we're connected to unrepentant sinners, repentance means that you turn completely around and go the opposite way. If you were in sin, you turn completely around and you repent, okay? If you are with people in relationship that are unrepentant, they're, they're, they're not in a healthy place. In other words, they stay stuck in their sin. We need to be innocent and shrewd. That's what the Bible says. Remember, I can't control what others do, but I can control how I respond. I need to choose what I do with those emotions and memories. In Philippians verse three, it's 13 through, 13 through 14. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. I love that he says that. But I focus on this one thing. Listen to this. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. When I hear the word forget, I automatically think of changing focus or choosing to focus on something different. Do you understand what I mean? I don't know how to forget something that's happened. I think there's a lot of us that can probably relate to that. I can't just shut off my brain and turn it on at will, right? Certain smells, certain songs, certain looks of people, um, certain, I mean, it it can be anything that can trigger a memory, right? We all get that. Um, somebody's making cookies and you remember your grandma always made like apple pie or cooked or baked or whatever. That smell can take you right back and you can see it in your head, right? That's the same for most of us, right? So when I hear the word forget, I'm not thinking about, I forget and never think about it again. And I think a lot of us get that word kind of mixed up. I'm thinking about when I hear the word forget and just move on, I'm saying it's not that the what happened to me didn't happen. I'm saying I'm going to change my focus and not dwell on the negative. I'm going to choose to focus on something different. It used to really mess me up, to be honest with you, because you and I forget stuff all the time. 
So we are capable of forgetting things. Like, <laughs> I can't remember people's names sometimes. I hate that. I know them. I know their face. I see them all the time. See them at church. See them at the grocery store. But I still struggle to remember. What's their name again? We all remember different things. Our brains are so weird, right? They're just weird. So how come I can't forget when someone hurts me? Could it be the level of hurt or who the hurt came from? If I'm close to that person, then the pain might be huge compared to someone that I didn't know as well or even, let's just keep it real. I didn't care that much about them in the first place. I'm not trying to be mean, but you know what I'm saying? If my husband cheats on me, that's a huge hurt. Some of you have experienced that. That's a huge hurt. If the lady at Walmart is cranky and she's mean to me, I might be upset for a second, but it's not wrecking my world. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Number six, I go to his word. Listen, y'all. If I'm trying to live my life without the word of God, I'm already losing the battle and I'm completely unprepared for life. God's word is truth, period. We must get our information from God's word, the Bible. If we don't understand it, oh my goodness, there's a lot of stuff I don't understand. But there's lots of resources to help me, right? We can talk with someone we respect in the faith. I do that a lot. Somebody that, listen, who's walked with Jesus a long time, a pastor, a Christian counselor. Um, I, go to, I go to my husband. Um, he he he's studies the word of God. He knows a lot. And I go to him and, and I ask him, okay, I'm not really understanding. What do you think, what do you think God means? And Rick will study it and, and get back to me with that answer if he doesn't know. So I love that. So let me give you a big tip on that. There's a lot of resources out there, like I said, but not all of them are godly or theologically correct. We got to be really careful where we get our information. Here's the problem and how Satan is so tricky. Some people can be saying the truth and really believe it to be truth, but they're putting their own spin on it. And that's what Satan does. I'm not even going to say that people mean to do the wrong thing, but there are lots of people that are putting their own spin on God's word. And he says very clearly, woe to the one who adds to or takes away from the words in this book. That's the Bible. It's not cool at all. So you got to be careful that you line it up with God's word. Okay. And the person, here's the tip that I'm going to give you. When you go to somebody that you respect in the faith, who's walked with Jesus a long time, here's the tip. Their lives will match their words. Not perfection, but consistency. Their lives will match their words. Number seven, we need others. For those of us that have been hurt by people, the temptation is to withdraw and isolate from the enemy. I need to jump right in here and remind you that you too are a people. (laughs) I'm a people. We're people, right? You and I are not perfect. We've probably hurt others in our lives. No, I haven't raped or tortured anyone, but I've hurt people with the things I've said and done. You get you get what I mean, right? The temptation to never be hurt again is so real and it's powerful. But don't let Satan make you think that being alone and isolated is a good thing. It's not. In fact, we were not created to be alone. 
That's why God made all of us so that we would have connection and encouragement and be able to do life with people and not by ourselves. And other people need you. It's not all about what you want or need. God places you and I in groups and relationships that are specific to what he knows we need and they need. Do you get that? They need us. We need them, but they need us. You staying in your safe little bubble is not how God created you to be. He never played it safe. Think of all the people he loved, right? Think of how he loved people. And it was the people who hurt him so, so badly. That didn't stop him from being with people. We need to trust him and seek healthy, godly relationships with others. Do you see that? I know the temptation would be to totally withdraw and stay isolated. Why? Because then you never have to risk the chance of getting hurt again. But that's not what God says. God says that we are to love him with our whole heart and to love others. One way we do that is we connect to a Bible-believing church. Church isn't perfect. Oh my goodness. Church is not perfect. But the Jesus Christ who loves the church is perfect. I'm just praying for all of you that are struggling with the fact that I think I've forgiven, but it's hard for me to forget. I just want you to know that God is a big God with big shoulders and he can take anything. Just be real. Some of you need to get real with God. Just be real. Tell him your hurt. Tell him your sorrow. Tell him what's really bugging you. And then allow him to clean it out and heal you. Amen? Y'all, I don't know. why God is so good to me, I have blown it in every way. And he still lets me do what I do. What a blessing. This has been a season of amazing miracles. Oh, I I said at the beginning, I've learned so much. I've seen God do miraculous things. My faith has grown and I'm ready to keep helping people deal with the crud in their lives. You need to check out my website, sonyabruner.com. I have music and videos and articles I've written and previous podcasts there. If you're feeling stuck or you're wanting to move forward, but you're struggling with how to do that, I can help. I've got individual uh, group crud sessions available. Message me for package details. I'd be happy to help. Did you know we've all got crud? It's how we deal with it that makes all the difference. This is Sonia Bruner. See you next time.